as it wounds is a deep recounting of the experiences and realities of black men in today's world. It is shown how social stereotypes have repressed black men by creating invisible and irreparable wounds that last a lifetime, and which leads us questioning the balance between what is seen as justice and social imbalance. The socially entrenched prejudices have a significant impact on the self-esteem, motivation, and pride of black men. So please join my co-host, Chris and I, and our welcome guest, Daryl Barnes, from All Things Black Podcast, therapist, Arnell McGainey, as we embark on this five-part miniseries from a black man's perspective on how the world looks at us through the open eyes. All right, welcome back to another episode of uh, Exit Wounds. Um, miniseries through the looking glass. I'm your host along with Chris um, from through the through the looking glass.fast. And um got a great panel again with these fellas. Mr. Ernell, the wild card therapist. Mr. Daryl. Mr. Daryl Black Ovation. And um we're gonna we're gonna get into this. Uh, this is our last um episode, episode five. And I'm um, looking to have a good another good conversation and uh carry on with, with what we've been doing so far. Um do a small a little quick check-in and then we'll get right into it. Um start off. I'm doing good. I'm fine. Had a great week. You know, everything is great. Um Arnell, let's go. What you got? How you feeling? Doing good. Yeah, I'm doing good, feeling great, you know. Week's been good, weekend's good so far, you know. Happy to be here, ready, you know, to stir some pot, cause some trouble. Okay. <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, I'm doing I'm doing excellent. I'm just glad to sit here, another uh, great conversation with some great men here, great black men. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, uh, yes, sir. I man, just happy to be happy to get forward. Just happy to have had been in a degree of proximity to you brothers, man, just siphoning off your energy. Uh, that gives me, you know, um, energy as well and give me a lot, a lot of hope and stuff like that. So I appreciate that, man. But I'm, so I'm good. That's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, man. This one, this topic right here is our last topic. Uh, they call us nigga. Pretty much want to look at the stereotypes of how, uh, society views us and how we are. We touched on it a little bit in our last podcast. Um, you know, how, how, you know, as far as like the emasculation, as far as like how we should be in a brotherhood, fatherhood, our mental health, um, and just wrapping it up. Or, you know, this part, we just looking at, you know, how society views us and the different degrees, how they do. And, um, I just want to start off by saying, like, at first, um, I think that, you know, society put a label on the black man as far as like being, I think Daryl said in the last podcast, you know, as being criminals, as being like, uh, we always like the underdog in every situation. You know, we got fatherless homes, we got a majority of black men in jail. Um, people just, you know, see us and, want to be and fear us and it's a false narrative that is painted you know that is that is uh, painted of us and that um that that narrative needs to be you know 
diminish that needs to go away and you know just the true black man needs to come forward you know as far as like you know stereotype the good the good father the good husband the good you know role model all together the community leader in all aspects so as far as uh let's jump into as far as like stereotypes uh, what do you guys think um how society views us as far as um as a black man Go ahead and chime in. All right. I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, um, you know, I start out like this. You know, the 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 Negro, the nigger, the African African American is a new phenomenon in the world, uh, and I say that because of how we were birthed um, into the world through the systems that I will normally talk about, and uh, at the exception of this country. Right, it's a new. Mm -hmm. We were taught out of our language, our history, our God, our religion, uh, our languages. We were taught out of that, so we were created or made into something totally different. Um, now, with that, you have what I mentioned early in the in the in the last podcast, talking about the propaganda pieces or the hit pieces that have been put out on specifically black men and how they criminalize us and. Uh, make us sex, sexual deviants and stuff like that. And that has been channeled um, 100% of the time through these different mediums. You know, you're talking about news, you're talking about uh, television, you're talking about um, movies, TVs, you know, TV shows, that kind of stuff. And so for the most part, that's been exported out inside of the community or inside of uh, America itself and then exported outside of the country. So a lot of people have negative... Um, uh, negative uh, outlooks on us just from what's being exported, right? Uh, and these labels have been pasted upon us, you know, for quite a, quite a long time, quite a long time. So, and I say that to say this, is that the label or the term uh, that they gave us, right, has not necessarily gone away. It's It's transitioned to a degree and out that's something that we have to get into a lot later but it has it has uh, transformed or should i say but despite despite our work of trying to become um you know really really uh you know civilized citizens in the society and go get your degrees and your homes and all that other kind of stuff there's always a reminder that, that comes about i.e through um, redlining of houses, right? Or maybe you have to pay more in a, uh, for a house than your counterpart, your white counterpart. Or maybe medical mm -hmm. racism, right? Um, mm -hmm. Our black women experiences that way more than any other ethnicity or race of woman. But there's medical mm -hmm. racism, there's institutionalized mm -hmm. racism, right? Mm -hmm. There's reminders that always come about. Even with police brutality, there's always reminders that come about that you're still a nigga, right? Even with mm -hmm. your MBAs, your PhDs, your doctorates, whatever the case may be. Prime example, Henry Louis Gates, some years back, was arrested at his own home. Mm. He was he literally had the keys to his own home. Yeah. And his neighbor now, who knew he lived there, called the police on him, right? Under the suspicion that somebody was breaking into his home and it was him trying to get into his own home. And he was trying to explain it to the police officers and they just didn't hear it. They wouldn't hear, they wouldn't hear it. So they tried to quell 
or calm the the public by having him and Barack Obama sit down at a table and having beers and, you know, how Henry Louis Gates forgave the police department for doing, for mistaking him as a burglar and that other kind of stuff. But the suspicion is always there. The suspicion is always there. You can walk out your door tomorrow and be totally straight. You got your gun permit. If you carry your gun, you can have all of that, right? But the suspicion that you are doing something negative or that you are under the banner of a nigga because you still have to understand some of these, some of these people that were outright racist, they're now covert. Mm -hmm. They're in positions of power, right? And they can That's treat you how they want to treat you. And if they have in their mind the system of beliefs that you're a nigga, you're going to be a nigga. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? So I'm going to land right there. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, I mean, it's also just looking at how like you present yourself. And I can, I know far as me, I can think about times when I'm dressed a certain way and how people react to me or how people kind of move around me. Like you said, if I, if I go majority of time, everybody know me, I'm gonna have on a hoodie, some basketball shorts and sneakers. And I go to the grocery store, go to different places and see how people I, I mean, I, just, I know and I can feel how people react to me versus if I have on some jeans, a button up, a collar shirt, some um, shoot like some hard, some hard shoes, hard bottom shoes, boots or something like that. And it's like a whole different vibe. I'm going to the same places, but people view me differently. And I remember one time um, this is when I was working. Um, Frito-Lay and I had on just my collar shirt and I stopped, I would always stop by the gas station on the way home, stop by in there, always talk to the guy and I would have, um, we have a little small talk about something and this one day, I think I was leaving the gym and I stopped by there and I had on my athletic wear and I go in there and the guy whole demeanor towards me was different and it wasn't until I started talking to him and he looked up at me and he says, oh, it's you. And I'm like, mm. damn, I come, here, I come in here every day. What you mean? And his exact words was, I thought you was one of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I, come in, I come in here every day. But because I was dressed a certain way, and I'm, I think I'm in my, like, my business, and I remember my mom, when I was a teenager, she was didn't like me to wear certain things. I'm like, yo, it's just clothes. What is it? And no, nah, that's when it hit me. Like, yo, like, no, nah, when you wear certain things, people view you a certain way. And that, I mean, that right there just, it, it stuck with me till this day. That was probably, what, 10, 15 years ago. And his exact words was, I thought you was one of them. Same dude I talked to every single mm -hmm. day, but he didn't recognize me because instead of khakis and a polo shirt, I had on t-shirt and basketball shorts. Stereotype. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now, Chris. You know we all want to fight. Huh? You know we all want to fight. Come on now. Yeah. Uh, Fit in the script. So, yeah, it, I mean, it, it is, it's just, it's, that's just wild. No, I got it. No, I mean, that kind of plays into what I was going to go through, um, that there's an overall negative 
stereotype on what, you know, on black men. And if you do dress nice, if you do speak well, you're the exception. You're not the rule. The rest of them are still bad. But I mean, you guys killed it. I mean, there's there's really nothing else to say. I mean, yeah, even if you do well for yourself, you speak well, there's still those microaggressions, those micro racism. Well, you speak so well as opposed to, or you dress so well, you know, as opposed to like, because I'm black, I'm not supposed to be able to speak or dress or act appropriately out in public. Like these micro racisms and aggressions that people kind of put out there that, you know, to them seems perfectly fine, but we experience them every day. Mm-hmm. Because in totality, no matter what we do, I think Kanye said it best, you know, even if you're in a band, you're still just a nigga in a crew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So no matter what you do, it's you're still just gonna be that now. Yeah, I think we all experience, man. I know me, I've I've done sales and you know, I you know, you how you dress, polo, khakis, um, and I'm I'm doing sales in um South Carolina and you know. It's, you, know, you go into these factories and places like that, and you know the majority of the time you're gonna be talking to your 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 counterpart. And I noticed that it was easier to talk to someone that looked like them than to talk to me, even though I knew what I was talking about. And that was one reason why I got out of it because you know I couldn't grow something when I've already knew that I'm not even welcome into the establishment, you know? So I understand well about that, you know, as far as like the way of dress and how you is. And some people just steal a bowl with it and don't really just say, hey, we good. And you know what I'm saying? You know they need help. No, they need services, but we good, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's a whole different, man. And I, and I experienced it on the inside of the company as well as on the outside of the company. And, you know, you go off to these uh, these uh, meetings and stuff like that, and you're the only guy there, you know, and everybody wants to be your friend because you're the only guy there, <laughs> but they really mm-hmm. don't. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's like you're trying to make me feel some type of way, but you already look at me already. You know, you already look at me the way you do already. You already don't prejudge me and haven't mm-hmm. even talked to me. You know, cause I'm I'm a big I'm a I guess I'm a big guy. I mean, I'm six two by two hundred thirty pounds. And then when if I if I'm walking around somewhere, I always get like the oh the startle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I if I'm coming around, you know what I'm saying? I ain't mean no harm. I got a smile on my face most of the time. And even when I got a smile on my face, they still jump. Mm-hmm. And it's like you have to be less threatening. You got to be less right. threatening. I have a um I have a I have a homeboy that's in the corporate. And, you know, he had, to, he's a big guy too. You know, he played defensive end and everything. You know, I'm like, he has to go into meetings and like make it, he say he had to make himself look small mm-hmm. and present himself in a way that is not, you know, not, that's not going to make somebody strike fear in their heart. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's sad to how you have to present yourself in different ways in order to make someone else feel comfortable. And you just can't be yourself in your own skin. You know, because they don't, they don't see you that way, and they look at you a different way. So it's like it's, it's like you're already labeled, man. So um, and absolutely, I love all the 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 the, the you know what you guys had to say, and and mm-hmm. and so just just to you know add something, hopefully briefly <laughs> to it, <laughs> to it. Um, 
you know, it, it, what we're saying is not defeatism. Mm -hmm. but again, we're talking about our own unique experiences and the experiences of a lot of uh, black men that we've come encountered with and even black women that have experienced some of the same things. So again, it's, it's, it's the institutionalization of it, right? It's the programming of it. All of us have been educated in a way, man, to think that black people are lesser. No matter, no matter their station in life, no matter their degrees, whatever the case may be, you still have to go into some of these institutions and make yourself much smaller. Because once you start to, you know, kind of buff up and be confident and things like that, some people will look at that as, as, as some of them will look at that as challenging. Mm -hmm. Even you didn't do that. You're just confident in the fact that you know exactly what you know, the skill mm -hmm. set, um, you know, all of that, right? But it, it becomes a challenge. I remember I was really young, man, you know, working at, you know, some cr crazy place. I had this I had this young white boy come up and tell me literally in my face. He said, you know what? He said, I can leave here today, this job today and go and find me a job making about maybe thirty two, thirty two dollars an hour or so. Right. Mm -hmm. He stared me dead in the face and said it. I can I can do it. He said, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. I said, whoa, I, why, why I can't do that? He said, "You, because you can't, you can't do it. You're black, you can't do it. Right? And I was like, damn. <laughs> was yeah, that's, like, okay. that's the right there. I said, okay, all right, uh, man. But was he lying is the, is the question. Mm -hmm. was, was he capitalizing on the institutions that was set up to benefit him, right? Mm -hmm. You really yeah. can't necessarily be mad at that because the institution was set up to benefit them, not necessarily us. So when we get to a space where we finally get tired and dis so dissatisfied where we are saying now, listen, I need to know who the black cobbler is that makes shoes. I need to know the black cobbler. I mean, the, the, I need to know the black um, uh, designer that makes clothes and I need to start, I need to start patronizing them, right? I need to start purchasing from them. And once the mm -hmm. dollars start to circulate in the way that we begin to grow, then we don't need that. You don't need that. You don't have to step into a, 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 an Asian um, beauty store and be mistreated just because you want to go, you know, buy your $500 lace front or whatever the case may be. You don't have to take that. And I think by and large, man, you know, that has not completely sunk into our heads. Yet mm -hmm. we still want to be a part of this society and, and, and have the same benefits that everybody else has. But foundationally, this was, we were not supposed to be participants in this society foundationally. Right. Yeah. You had the civil rights movement where we had, you know, people to fall for our civil rights, yada, 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 this, that, and the third to go in some of these institutions and of higher learning, get these degrees. And then, you know, you get the degrees and then you do what you take that money. And then you, 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 you don't necessarily try to build your own community. You go out in somebody else's neighborhood and build that up. You follow what I'm saying? So, so, so it's like we shoot ourselves in the foot a lot of times. Like I, cause I like what Chris was was talking about was, you know, talking about um, you know, appearances and whatnot. That is correct. That helps. Mm -hmm. That definitely helps. But at the same time, it is the what what you're fighting is the system. And anybody can be an agent in the system, like the like like the Matrix. Anybody can be an yeah. agent in the system, right? Because yeah, the system yeah. is there. So that's what you're fighting, man. So once once the system is completely eradicated, then we don't have to worry about these things. But in the meantime, once the system is there, black women are going to face medical racism. Black men are going to face institutionalized racism. Uh, we're going to face that because we have not completely eradicated. And diversity, equity, and equity and inclusion, yada, 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 whatever, 
I mean, it it it, it it's beneficial for what it for what it is. But in the meantime, when you have a society of people that wants to hold power that has been in power for a sufficient amount of, a, a significant amount of time, they're not going to relinquish that power and give mm-hmm. any kind of equality. They're not going to do that. And I think the hope for black people thinking that that's going to happen is what's holding us back and keeping us in a very, you know, particular and, and very, you know, peculiar situation. You know, what's interesting about that is the negative stereotype, you know, that, you know, people have in their head when they think of black people. In most black communities, that stereotype is rewarded. Like if I, you know, if I step out, you know, in some khakis, you know, I speak well, you know, I do good in school. You know, I'm a nerd, I'm a nerd, I'm a sellout. I talk like a white boy, I'm not really black. But if I dress like the quote unquote nigger, you know, that, you know, the white people, you know, the white people think of, or, you know, other races think of when they think of nigger, you know, pants sagging, you know, I'm out in the street, I'm doing my thing, they're celebrated. You know, I'm celebrated in the hood. I'm celebrated, you know, by, you know, most, a majority of other black people. So, I mean, what, what do we do with that? It's a, um, I mean, that's just a narrative that's been painted, man. I mean, because mm-hmm. you can you can go back, uh, like, I always go back, like, Daryl's talking about how the rap and, you know, how it changed and how the mindset changed and how it was made. And, you know, now, you know, when they start calling women out their name, when they talk about mm-hmm. sex, money, and drugs, you know, and that's kind of like the, how he was called like hypersexual, uh, the whole, um, was that the, which, what was it, what was the movie? Um, uh, you know, the nation or something like that, when uh, the white uh, man's uh, black, birth of a nation, birth of a nation. nation when, mm-hmm. the, when the black, when, you know, when the white man's black face and other that, and try to say that we're lazy and, and uh, that we hypersexualized and that we want to have sex and we just want to do that, eat watermelon. And uh, you know, and uh, make babies, and, and work, and, you know, be in the field, be hot, you know, what I'm saying that's that's stereotyping, and, and and same thing with rap music, it stereotypes us as uh, mm-hmm. want to be flashy, want to make the money, want to um, get the girls, want to, you know, money, sex, and cars, all mm-hmm. I need, you know what I'm saying, and and that and that and uh and that's uh influence, and it's a big influence because you see it everywhere. You know, everybody got the the jewels on the on on. You know, what I'm saying like it's okay. I'm not against it, but it's it's okay to be flashy. But I can remember. Um, I think uh, <laughs> Dave Chappelle said it. He said, "When you become a billionaire, you don't show no money. You don't you don't put no necklace on nothing like that. You got on regular clothes. You look at the Bill mm-hmm. Gates. Look at the uh, you know, all the you know, got Zuckerberg or whatever. You know, you look you at Jay Z." Yeah, even Jay Z, he's not. He's not. He don't have the rings on his finger. He's not carrying knots of cash. He's not um having the big chain on his check. He hold, you know, his whole demeanor to change. You know, I ain't saying good or bad, but you got to look at look at you know the the, the stereotype and see what you want to become because in order to move up, you got to move a certain way. If that's mm-hmm. your choice, you know. So, uh, you know, with the stereotypes, you know, it's just about, you know, that mindset and how how do we, you know, how do we address that, though? How do we like start to change that, you know, with that? I, I, mean, I, mm-hmm. no, I was going to say, I think a lot of times, like, we, we are bigger critics 
and we we put bigger stereotypes on one another than mm -hmm. let's say other races. And like I said, I can remember being um my early to mid twenties, and I'm get um growing into leadership um at the job I was at, and I had um I had the long dreads, and I'm in meetings. Um, the youngest I'm the youngest person there by far. So I'm a young I'm a young black kid with dreads in a meeting with a bunch of forty to 50 year old, both white men and black men. And I remember a couple of guys who were like my mentors, black guys, my mentors, they would tell me, they were like, hey man, like you really should think about cutting your hair cause that's gonna kinda impede you and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, damn, like, what, what my hair got to do with it? I said, as long as I can do the job and this and that, it was like, yeah, but you don't look a certain way. Later on, we would, later on, I'm sitting at the bar and um, one of the older white guys came up and he said, hey, I told he said, I heard what they told you earlier. He said, fuck what they said. He was like, the thing about you, he was like, you look different. He was like, you look different. Use that to your advantage. He was like, now, when I first saw you, he said, I looked at you and he had all of these negative thoughts because of the appearance I had. He said, but once you started talking, he was like, man, like you blew me away. He said, I didn't expect that from you. And I'm like, well, I don't know if this is a compliment or mm -hmm. you like put me down. Like what? Like I, I didn't feel some type of way. And I remember I was probably maybe 23, 24. And I remember talking to my mom about it. And I was like, hey, this is the thing I had. And I was like, I felt bad, like. I felt kind of bad at first. I was like, but I was like, now, well, maybe if I've now changed his mindset to now, if he sees somebody else that look like me, he's not going to have those perceptions about that person. But, but it was just wild to me that the older black man was telling me, nah, man, you need to change your look. And the white, the white man was saying, yo, nah, you look different. Um, use that to your advantage. So I think we we hurt each other by mm -hmm. doing those things. And uh, I think you said before that's that um that crab barrel type of fit. You know, mm -hmm. so yeah. Trying to keep each other down instead of like encouraging encouraging your brother holding accountability to push them forward. You know, what I'm saying be yourself. Let them learn who you are. Don't conform to what they want, give them, you know, give them, you know what, you already know who you are, be you. Yeah. Don't be nobody else. You know? As far as that, I can say. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know that I know that's one thing that my dad always preached to me. He was like, hey man, just always be, always be your own man. Don't try to conform into what somebody wants you to be be who you want to be, but make sure it's respectful, but mm -hmm. make sure, because he was like, at the end of the day, you have to look at yourself in the mirror. He was like, never make somebody change who you are, and now you can't look at yourself in the mirror. That's true. That's true. So what, um, what would you, what would be 
something. And so what you like what you said, I take that what Chris says is like you, you know, you be who you are. Don't, you know, be a typical stereotype. Like, because some people already judge us before we even, you know, walk through the door. They know who you are, or whatever. I could talk like I could talk to somebody over the phone and they might think, you know, they hear my voice and everything like that. But once they meet me, it's like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it was you I was talking to you got you got a cold switch. Right. You do. Now yeah we now we, we all know about cold switching. Oh, yeah. But when you when like but it's like oh well no no we have to cold switch because the same way let's say the four of us the four of us talking to each other right now mm-hmm. if we are in another setting we it's like to make almost everybody else feel a little comfortable we gotta change up our tone not be mm-hmm. as hard, soften up our tone and a more higher pitch and everything you can't yeah less less threatening right. Less challenging, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's just it's, it's a lot to say. It's a lot to say, man. It's just I was just I'm sitting here thinking. I'm like, I've been through some real racist stuff, but I mean, mm-hmm. but, but it's like it's like um, it's like you should, and it gets to where you shouldn't have to be like that, man. Because I don't I don't never want to go into a environment where I have to change who I am or have to address people in a certain way because I know like, if I go in a room full of old white women or men or something like that I know automatically if some of them that it's going to be some type of they're not going to receive me as well but it's some that I've met have been the nicest to me mm-hmm. and, 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 it's, and it's refreshing when it happens but uh, you know, just just being a black man in this in this society, man, it's uh, it can be a real challenge, and um, you know, it's 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 sometimes it's heartbreaking to like um think of some of the situations that you've been through and just uh, you know, in this society, and then going back to all the the uh, conversations that we had over the time, you know, and just bringing it all together. Um, you know, it's just been, this has been refreshing for me. It's it's also, it's been a learning experience and it's been, you know, it's been, uh, you know, encouraging for me. So, you know, just the, this last subject, man, it's kind of like just wrapping everything up and, and trying to bring everything in together to, uh, you know, because I think, uh, I think we as, as black men should be on one accord. You know, Absolutely. That's it. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. Just do that. It's the time money, Chris. Yeah, but I know now. One thing I was I would add for the conversations we've been having with um with these episodes, and I think one of the things that all four of us talked about on the first one is like. We, we really don't have we really don't have much of an online presence but I think our presence is needed online because that's where a lot of people nowadays are learning a lot of things or they're basically seeing certain things and I think for us having positive black men talk about certain things like this that's not 
what you see online on a daily basis. So like I said, I think more of these conversations with black men is needed. And it, like I said, now I know we all probably have these conversations within our own um, personal circles, but like I said, I think it's something that does um, need to be more out in the open. So I'm glad that we've had the opportunity to do all of this. Not to, not to not to minimize what what you just said or take away from it at all. I just I think that, that there are conversations like this that's being had. It's just not as publicized um, as the other conversations. Like you know, controversy always draws people in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you, you, you'll always get something. You know, I've always been told. You know, sex headlines always get attention. Mm -hmm. uh, murder headlines always get attention. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Theft headlines always get attention. And um, we we get distracted very easily, you know. Um, as a people, we get very distracted. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, th 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 there are conversations that's being had. Um, is 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 again, they just might not be as publicized as they should be, you know. Because mm -hmm. right now, uh, especially when you, I remember you guys talking about social media earlier, especially in a couple of uh, mm -hmm. the, the two episodes before. Um, the, you know, <laughs> especially TikTok, man. TikTok oh, wow. is where you go and find some of the most trash conversations and mm -hmm. ideologies ever. I mean, I've never been in a one spot where I've seen so many people that want to give their perspectives and opinion and are literally, I mean, you can believe what you want to believe, but literally leading people towards a path man where they probably don't need to go you know what i mean and we sit back and we spoon feed from it we just eat it up like like it's mm -hmm. gospel instead mm -hmm. of doing some legitimate research or saying well that's not the case you know um but yeah it's just it's just it's just one of those things right now where i, I agree with you i think black men need more advocacy i think we need more avenues like this where we can have these discussions and be you know forthright and you know, bring up some real life experiences along with some statistical data since everybody wants statistics nowadays. Like, you know, like my, like, like my experience is not good enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm telling you straight out what the hell. You believe what I said. It's straight out what I'm saying. Yeah, but now I got to provide some goddamn statistics on it, which is crazy to me. But I get it. I, I get it. And in, certain, in certain settings and whatnot, you do have to bring something that will validate your, your argument. I totally understand that. But, mm -hmm. you know, but just knowing that there are black men out here, man, that have had very unique experiences and can lend to a conversation, right? Some some good good um, insight that could be beneficial uh, is definitely needed, man, because the black male presence, man, is, is needed. There's, there's an imbalance right now in the society. There's an imbalance in our community. And we need to start having these avenues where black men can be heard and, mm -hmm. very, and very much listened to, right? And um, stop having certain people, man, say, well, you know, you're a black man. You know, y'all the weakest link. Don't nobody want to hear what y'all got to say. Stop being, stop it, man. We need to, we need to get, get to a place where that, that foolishness needs to stop. Uh, but but I, would, I, would just, I would just end there, man. Great conversations mm -hmm. on all three episodes. I really like the perspectives, and I'm always about learning and whatnot. So I thank y'all, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Arnell, what you uh, got from the wrap up, man? The wrap up for us. 
Man, I mean, great conversation. Loved it. Just starting to realize even more that, man, our people got a lot of work to do. <laughs> I mean, and I say that lovingly because, you know, I love my people. But I mean, I kind of want to see us, you know, catch up to the other races. And I say that, you know, going back to Chris's comparison, you know, the, the crabs in the bucket, you know, just learning how to support each other, do for one another instead of putting, us, putting each other down. You know, we've got enough of that from, you know, the outside world. We don't need that internally within our own culture. And, you know, I would just love, you know, for there to be more channels like this for us to have these conversations to kind of get away from that negative stereotype of, you know, black men or black people in general that's out there and, you know, kind of try to perpetuate, you know, a more positive one, you know, having our people get away from, you know, the colorism, you know, the internal racism, you know, worrying about the way we speak or, you know, how this one dresses, you're not really black, you're not black enough. Now just get away from that and, you know, have conversations like this that further, you know, the love and uplifting of our culture. Well said, well said. Well, this is the final episode of the mini series of Exit Wounds. Um, I appreciate appreciate you, brothers, man, for being on this with us and on this platform and uh, letting these um, our listeners hear your voices and your opinions on these different topics you know, throughout this these five episodes. And I hope that those that's out there, if you hear something on one of these uh, podcasts, share it with somebody. Um, Extend it, you know, extend it out. You know, it may help someone um, do something. So, I mean, we just, we just looking, even if it's just one listener, we appreciate you. Thank you. Um, so, um, with that being said, I'm going to let Daryl let us know where we can reach him at. Man, y'all know what it is, man. Come down. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, all things black podcast, man. You can listen to the channels. I mean, the uh, previous episodes on there. So if you do listen to the episodes, inform me in some way, form or fashion by comment, um, by email. Because I think email is on there as well, which is talking about the episodes. And uh, I'm not going to read it if it's completely negative. So you might as well just forget that. But um, but yeah, <laughs> let me know you know what that what that what the, you know how you feel about it and. You know, and what uh, you know, what you got from. Just give me a little bit of feedback, because I think all of us need feedback and and uh, help with uh, whatever area that we may be may be slightly incorrect in and things like that. So, um, but yeah, so all things black podcast streaming on all podcast platforms. Listen to it. I'm going to be doing some shorts here in the near future uh, on that uh, on that uh, on that channel. And I want to say again, man, with uh, you know, thanks to Chris and uh, Marcus for doing uh, this. I think it's very well needed. I hope they continue it. Uh, thank uh, Michelle uh, for, you know, with the Through the Looking Glass uh, podcast mm-hmm. and the work that they have been doing. Uh, but yeah, I just think it's, I think it's really great. And, I, and I, I'm glad that there's more people, uh, especially us that are uh, using these avenues for, you know, somewhat positive change or complete positive, positive change. I appreciate it, man. Arnell, let us know. Man, you can find me on Google. But you can find me on your <laughs> psychology today, you know. <laughs> just first name, last name. You know, my contact information is in there. You know, just shoot me a message if you need, you know, therapeutic services. Or, you know, if you just want to, you know, 
see one of these podcasts, you know, heard something you didn't like, you know, shoot me some messages. I like them all, negative, positive, shoot me all the messages. I want all the smoke. <laughs> Chris, where we at, man? Oh, hey, look, man. Uh, you know, we up in Wonderland, the looking flag, the looking glass dot fans. Yeah, just uh, reach out to us, leave comments, uh, voice messages. You can, um, like Chris says, through the looking glass dot fans. Um, we'll take you. Know I mean, we'll read it. We might read the negative. I'm, I'm not gonna read. I'm like, there, I don't even care. But uh, you know, something positive, man. Uh, something that if we said something that uplifted you, um, you know, thank you, shout out, whatever. Um, but this is Exit Wound mini series through through the looking glass, and uh, we thank you for your time and your listening ears. We out.